You're listening to Red Nation Online. It's been more than a year since he last scored in competitive soccer, and that was in Argentina. His first goal. Saturday, April 2nd, it's Prospect 11's Aaron Nielsen, the Zadarozny brothers. I'm Ian Clark, and we're live and direct from Shoeless Joe's after being rejected by the football factory. With this in mind, the trek to Parkdale meant we missed all the main action of Benoit Cheru's red card and the winning goal, but there's still plenty to discuss. We analyze the second half, TFC's key players from Jovinko to Michael Bradley, then segue into who are our most overrated and underrated all-time TFC players. All that and more on the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Oh, what, a, what a journey we had. Wasn't that John Woo movie with John Travolta and the other guy? And they switch characters, face they sound the same. It's like that's what we're doing podcast with face off. Okay, so there's many, dis- many disclaimers. We're going to spend 20 minutes getting disclaimers of what this fucking episode is all about. First one, we have we have Julian and Andre on the same episode. I don't think that's ever happened before. Hello. No, no, it is happening. No, it has Yeah, happened. once before. Yeah. So... <laughs> Amidst the confusion, um, Andre's on the right, Julian's on the left. Hi, how are you? How are you? No, we'll set it up like this. Uh, All negative TFC comments will be coming from Julian. Absolutely. (laughs) All positive slash benefit for the comments. Today of all days, I wanted to be negative, but since we want the audience to be not confused, I will be on the fence. How about that? That was Andre. (laughs) And of course, we're here with Aaron Nielsen and myself and... Red Shoes Joe's. You first, guys have a lot of life. I just why. For my own self-interest, that's all I do. <laughs> do you want to say how we got to Shoes Joe's? Dude, just thinking about tonight. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Northwest Passage. I'm annoyed. Uh, well, we missed the first half. We missed the first half because we went. To, we were at the football factory and we got turned away at the door. Yes, that's, and because do we know why? Well, they said because. Uh, the whole the whole bar was being rented out by Toronto FC. So can we start with how why the football factory was closed? Well, yeah, that's it. I get there and this guy. I'm trying to walk in and it looks like this guy was coming out. So I was trying to get around him and he wouldn't he wouldn't let me pass him. And he does sort of the halt, halt. <laughs> and he goes, "Excuse me, do you have a reservation?" And I'm like, "Technically, no." However, and I'm like, you know, I can lean back and be like, that is my booth. Uh, we, I am, we are here every fucking week. Did you even try I'm Kizbezvichenko? Yeah, I should have yeah. tried that. I'm no. His, I'm his Can you see I'm not wearing a tie? I'm Greg Vanny. I'm not wearing a tie. I'm Tim Bezvichenko. Uh, and then uh, he goes, yeah, sorry, the whole place is rented up at Toronto C. Oh. Standing room only, but you, you have to wait for all the reservations to show up before I can let you in. It's ridiculous. So I'm like, fuck that. Unacceptable. Absolutely. A, a poor team like that 
to rent out a pub. And by that time, they were probably already down to 10 men. <laughs> what, a bunch of, what a bunch of losers. Anyways, so we spend the next 45 minutes at least trying to be like, where the hell are we going? Yeah. And then amidst places that were close by to there, you know, we just said, threw in the towel. We said, fuck it. We're going where we know what's going on. We went down to Shoeless Joe's. And we caught the second half. So... Here we go. Here we go. From the 45th minute on, you're going to get some intense analysis. First half, not so much. However, while I was out trying to assess out the beer situation here, Andre, Julian, and, and Aaron saw the first half highlights. We did. Um, that we that were quickly summarized. That's where the most of the action came from. Uh, Good place to start as any. Benoit, Benoit Shaver gets sent off. He deserved it. First one, the first... Highlight was him go. Looks like he was going studs up for the first yellow, and then the second yellow was a crappy challenge. Oh, yeah, two was a combination. That was it. Was a combination of two yellows to make one red. Equals one red. That's right. And this beautiful. And that was it. Yeah, but so in, thir- in 13 Cup. minutes, I got to say, how do you do that? Let's win a World Cup. How do you do that in 13 minutes? 13 minutes in the game where where you're basically. I mean, everything is just slowly beginning to come together, and you get two yellow cards. He's just getting his feet. <laughs> and then he got set up. That's the joke. Seven should have gave him a Colorado product before the game. Yeah, right. You know it's legal in Colorado, right? Take him down a few notches. That's right. Packed house. Uh, and then, and then Colorado scores shortly thereafter, or so I've been told. What was yeah. the goal like? They chipped it over the top. Oh, yeah. ball in, yeah. Clean on clean, and then he finished it. It was a goal Toronto only dreamed to score. It was a nice goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the guy that I said in my preview was not going to score against us. He scored against us. Sorry. Yeah, the, the preview... Off, off the mark by a mile. Can I say that that I feel that now officially after watching that full 45 of the second half, I think the atomic ant has been found out. I really do. I, I, I think he's been found out. Well, we almost brought it up semi yeah, last time. Well, I can't sit again. Now I think that's easy to do. Yeah, he got crowded out. He got crowded out. He's small. He's diminutive. He's very small. So a lot of big guys are able to mark him and. Well, it'll be interesting to go back for that first quarter of the season to see how he was marked and to see if there's a significant differences here because I assume most of the MLS teams had no clue who he was when he came into the league last year. And now, you know, now it's it's not hard. You don't have to be a rocket science to know stop Trevinkley, stop Toronto offensively, right? Especially now that they're playing almost a more defensive style. Right. Especially Bradley is a defensive midfielder. <laughs> right, apparently. Yeah, apparently yeah. so. As we've been talking about for the last... Well, that's... That looks like the plan, right? Like, okay, use his size and, and, and experience. He's got to track back more. Has he been effective in that role? It was. In well, the I mean, truthfully, uh, it didn't cost him. But I think in New York game, he gave a couple of. Uh, oh yeah, the New York City FC game. Gave away games. Oh yeah, gave away a couple of matches. But for the most part, I think well, that's where he's the most efficient, right? Like yeah. I think, I think where you notice his deficiencies is when he's on offensively on the ball and takes the shots that don't need to be done. Yeah. Or corners and free kicks where we saw before Javicko came to the team, which was a little sketchy. So in that sense, right. at least Javicko's taking those right moments. Right? So, yeah. So if we roll in the second half. <laughs> Which we know a lot about because we saw it. Watched it. We watched it. We actually saw the second half. 
Uh, I would, you know, maybe if I, in, in summary, I would say credit to Toronto FC down a man. Yeah. You almost may not have known. If you hadn't seen the first half, yeah, I had no idea. Like us, you wouldn't, may not have known that someone got sent off. No, right. no, they played very well. Toronto deserved to tie the game, I, but it seems to me that uh, Javinko was the only one aware that they were going forward. As in many instances, <laughs> he was carrying the ball and trying to pass it to nobody. That no one seemed to be going forward. And then it was the shrug, like, "How the fuck is everybody?" Yeah. What, eleven shots and uh, two shots on target, so. Most of those probably came in the second half, it seemed. On the flip side, though, despite Tromsey looking decent, uh, Colorado had a lot of chances. They did. Still had a lot of chances. Yeah. And so maybe a tip of the hat to Clint Irwin, yeah. who did make a lot of saves. And maybe if we had to name a man of the match, oh yes, it probably would be the keeper. Uh, yeah. uh, you have the stats there. How many shots did Colorado have? Uh, 23 shots and 8 shots on target. But 22 fouls to Toronto's 6. Which is weird for to get a red card. <laughs> Six fouls. Shit. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, no, to, to give credit, to some credit to Toronto, uh, I think defensively they played within themselves in the second half. There was the one opportunity, I think it was at uh, Fairs or uh, who had, should have scored. Yeah, and one, defense, and one of the defenders, I believe more, came back and touched it before... Um, he took the shot so you know again I think you know to credit to Toronto even when we're a man down I guess we're still in game like it wasn't the most exciting game and it was and I didn't feel Colorado was overly threatened but you know we were certainly into the game for the 93 minute which you know historically you know, Toronto, a man down, away yeah. at home, down the goal. You're just you know. counting down the clock. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean, Colorado really probably deserved another goal. The end there was some bad luck. They had a post. a post. So, I mean, they really did very well at opening up Toronto. And, and they were, to Toronto's credit, they were pushing forward to try to equalize. Just lucky Colorado is not a great team. I mean, they, but no, Toronto was going it, forward. Did that, like, Toronto down man against Colorado on the road, an even battle. Right, right. It seems to be. Yeah. But maybe you flip it. That's better. It shows that Toronto probably could have come away with something well, more. I would say full strength. You know, like the one interesting thing, because of the way we talked about this game, is we never started off with the lineup, right? And and the oh, one that's thing, worth noting. Yeah. You know, if you look at the wingers, which is now a key part of soccer. Colorado's wingers were Gashi and Papa, and Toronto's wingers were Boobly and Lovett, right? And so, for saying Colorado's the worst team or Toronto's the better team on paper, that side of the game is complicated. Yeah, I'd rather have Gashi and Papa than Lovett and Boobly, even. Bully played for how long? Well, he came out for Aldor. Came out for Altador. No, so but he played 65 minutes. He started, which yeah, is yeah. a good sign, right, for yeah. a Canadian. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's definitely worth mentioning about Colorado. Like, the, the thing that I sort of thought about when I looked at Toronto against Colorado was that Toronto's a team where it's like, you look at right now, the key player for Toronto is Jovinko, and for Colorado, it's Pablo. Yeah. Is the guy who's pulling all the strings, and it's like if you the Galaxy game, which is on right now. I mean, he scored the winner, and he's getting all the assists. They haven't scored a lot of goals this season, and he seems to be the guy that's sort of creating everything for them. And with uh, Doyle injured, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 a bit of irony because. The way they're developing the clubs, Colorado and Toronto are almost the exact opposite, right? Where 
try to realize that you cannot neglect defense and put a lot of effort on defense. And where Colorado tends to have younger defenders or giving younger defenders an opportunity to play. Yeah, that's true. But putting all their money in those attacking, you know, those not even the forward, but those build-up players. Like Doyle was missing tonight, so he might have made a difference. But even, you know, like they're putting their money into the attack where... Well, I mean... I think, I think well, one, okay, one stat they should have put before the game, or before the end of the game, and I think there might have been five minutes left, is they said Trahan scored 196 minutes. Which you know I think is pretty significant, and then the other one is, is this is the first bump in the road, right? Because we lost two games in a row, and uh, good teams don't lose two guys, two games in a row, guys. Sir Alex Ferguson said that. Sir Michael Bradley said it too. <laughs> oh. So you know I think that's touche. I would guess that's the worry, right? Like, is this a trend or is this a two-lane flip or do we need to do something or, you know, or are we, or are we just going to play out these eight games and try to hold on to as many points as we can get? Yeah, that's tough to say because we're now... New England. Uh, New England's the next, next game? Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. So we are, what, four games in. It doesn't get easy, go, really. Two losses and a draw. I mean, yeah. New England, DC United, the impact... In Montreal, and then Timbers in Borland. It's not going to be. None of that's going to be. Arguably, if you, if this four seed games was a pattern for the whole season, we'd be able to play out by the end of the year. <laughs> well, we could we lost more than we won. And yeah. We, yeah, you know, sure. A lot more goals yeah. than we scored. And, do you think, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Andre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, but do you think that maybe perhaps they should be willing to play in Toronto instead of being such a on a high road trip? I mean, is it not should well, be somewhere a, else? Oh, you mean like at the dome or yeah. something like that? I mean, Why not? It, it doesn't make sense to play so many games. I mean, even if we're a better squad right now, do you think that it's fair to play so many away games? Eight, eight away games? That's a lot. Well, you and this place is the play. Yeah, you're the one with a good memory. How did you feel at this point last year? Where were Toronto in comparison to this point last year? I th- if I'm remembering last year, I think this was around the FC Dallas game. Oh, yeah, and that was doing gloom. That was the... Uh, so it was. Storm yeah, so it was... It was this time last year where it's sort of like we won that opener against Vancouver and then pretty quickly things weren't looking so hot. Statistically, TFC does very well in their opening games. They win. Generally, they win. Of late. I mean, late. It, before last yeah, last year, we beat Vancouver. The year before, we beat Seattle. Um, I think we might have struggled before, but I can think of like that 3-2 win over Kansas City in 2009. Right. Um, but the la- before, you know, last two years, before this year, we won the opener. Three years in a row now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we always start off high note, and then we get through these games. And last year, I think I think it was until we sort of came into the home opener. But even still, you know, Toronto's road form has been a little bit better the last two years. But the, it's still a question mark of what the, how they're going to play at BMO, right? They say, "Oh, wait till we get home." But that's that hasn't meant anything for a, for many years now. Right, like BMO has not been a fortress or been any kind of home no, advantage. No, 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 and the, and, and, the, and the home fans don't come out in droves as they used to, right? So you don't have that kind of home team field advantage where you know you feel like you have a full house behind you. Twelfth man, yeah, the twelfth man, so to speak. So, well, and then the other thing for positive on Toronto is, is that the teams Toronto was supposed to be competing against are, are not doing so great themselves, right? The Red Bulls are not doing great. Columbus is not doing great. So arguably, it shouldn't be, you know, their record against 
you know, the world should be their record against the other teams that they're going to have to compete against to make the playoffs. And arguably, I don't think they're in any worse danger now than they would have been at the start of the season. Yeah. And when, the other thing I would say, too, is, I mean, we've talked about this several times in terms of, you know, an MLS season is a, is a, it's a marathon, and it's about timing. And we've seen so many teams in the past, uh, I mean, the Galaxy are one where, where they've started the season very poorly, or Seattle started poorly, and uh, come on really strong at the end, or even Montreal last season making the right move. You know, but of course, my only hesitation when we talk about Toronto C is just that we've never seen it before, right? Like, we there is lots of examples and precedent of Toronto FC being mediocre at this time of year or whatever, and come midsummer you've kind of you don't see much change so that's the only thing that as much as you we can't say definitively anything there has still been no history with this club to point to don't worry guys six plates is still in our sights yeah you know like well I know this last season the end of last season from watching watching overseas was that you could see that that those extra bunch of home games really on paper help the team push for that playoff spot right because it was so important to them to stay at home so it could my point is suffer for now and then hopefully down the line when we, yeah, we're probably I, I struggling hope, I hope the team opens up more yeah well, I mean, look, know, just for entertainment purposes right because these right. games have been uh, strong right. outside the New York City uh, FC game right yeah. and so you know holding on to a one nothing win or a 0-0 draw which I think was probably the goal of the team going into this it's not the type of soccer you want to watch they weren't blown out they lost no, by a goal. And for going out to ten men, I thought that was I thought they played well in the sec I mean the second half that I saw. But I, I, I thought they played quite well. The finish wasn't there. They had many chances to go I mean Jovinko played very well, pushing forward and, and throwing ball and they just, they just it wasn't it wasn't their night to score goals. I mean they had chances. Yeah, they, they had bad bounces, that kind of shit. And they could have held up and hold up and tried to play defensive the rest of this forty five minutes, but they didn't. Yeah. Which is a good sign. They didn't play with much shape. And then and coming into the yeah in the end I mean they, they, they look spazzy trying to get you know get that goal get that equalizer I don't think Bradley's all, all very comfortable in that position that he's in I don't, I don't know he looks always so uh, I, I, th- I think he's better by, by moving way forward and, and, and you think so I think so yeah I do no you don't agree no I think I fucking oh, hate so. him Really? Do you, you think this position is better for him? He still didn't look 100%. He's a garbage attacker. For, wow. for a club level, that's a weird thing. It's like we can talk about that, where it's like between the national team and, and I mean, there's just no record for him at the club level. He's an effect. And since he was playing in the Netherlands like 10 years ago, that he's a consistent or a reliable attacker. And for Toronto FC, he's been off. Not as a full striker or anything of that mark. Like, I'm not I'm saying scoring goals. I'm just saying, in, like, his his ability. Like, for instance, when he played for Kiev, when he played for Rome, he was a good... He, was, he could handle the ball very well. And, and you know, when he moved the ball forward for his... Yeah, but anyway. when he played for Kiev, he was... Look, it's higher end soccer, right? So well, he, could, some, he, he could get slotted in. No, I understand that. But a lot of these guys come in and they don't... They get put in positions. They get put in positions where they have to be the boss, and I don't think it always works. Okay, so you tell me what's what's comfortable for Bradley. You tell me not what's comfortable because I watched him play against Guatemala, 
and he was not made. He looked like a damn fool. Okay, like, so I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I don't it know. Like, so you explain to me what position is best for him. I think the he bench? should play forward a little more. Not the bench, but if he's gonna play, he should play forward a little. More. Well, I feel like this is a perfect segue for you. <laughs> For the number two overrated player in the league. Oh, because good. nobody knows what he should do or where he should play. <laughs> and, and that, that we all... Dear Spark? Is this Dear Spark time? It is. <laughs> it is. Dear Spark. I have I have to do a sound bite. I was going like to say, you need like a... Sh- 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 well, I didn't do any of Siri. Dear Spark. Dear... <laughs> Something like that. I'll get Siri to say it in sexy, in her sexy voice. Um, it's sued by Apple. Think so? No. No. They wouldn't come after this podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the question was uh, was pointing to that article from ESPN about the most overrated players in the league. And, of course, Toronto FC were the best. Number two and six, two players in the top ten. There's obviously, you know, an asterisk next to, like, what that means or how they got on that list, et cetera, et cetera. Mixed Discrewed mate was number one. <laughs> oh, mix. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to the email. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Don't spoil it, I jumped ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, And so with that, maybe I don't know if there's any comments about about Josie and and Michael being as these overrated players. I think it obviously comes with uh, getting over $6 million a year. I I think you might get judged on that for starters. When you can find a guy who can score 10 or 13 goals. Isn't that always the case with Toronto FC players? But especially well-paid ones, the money always becomes the issue. Yeah, but Josie Altador is not going to start 90 minutes. He's not going to play 90 minutes. He's not there to play He's 90 made minutes. He's made of glass. not going to play 30 games. Well, look, if he can come on the last 20 minutes of the game and make... Really, and my defending of Altador, which I, I guess I've done quite often, is... He's with us because of the foe, right? Because yeah. it's Defoe? not, it's not, we didn't go out of our way to get help. That's a good right? point. We yeah. got him as an exchange a package. for the foe. And to be honest, you know, Sutherland is close to relegated or almost relegated or relegated. Yeah. And the foe scored like five goals in the Premier League this year. So, you know, I think, you know, an older Defoe with Toronto right now, I don't think would necessarily be much, much greater, right? And so, the, what I, the issue I have with the Bradley transfer was is that we went and we paid $10 million to Roma to get him or $10 million euros or whatever. And then his contract is seven years, five years. So basically, Toronto Soccer, MLSE, has spent $45 million to have Bradley in Toronto, right? And what you could do... Worth soccer, every penny. <laughs> what you could do with, for soccer with $45 million in Canada... Oh, shit. Buy a new team. You know, yeah, you could do a million things, right? And so that is the You issue, could run right? an academy for like 25 hey, years. Yeah. Let, me, let me say something. I, I don't think there's any problem with the money being spent on this guy as long as he achieves the goal at hand. Now, if he's failing, we can sit here and, 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 and cry foul and say he's worth too much. So are we saying he's failing? Is that what we're saying? I'm not. It's too early. To, okay. He's okay. Sixth place is, is where I set the bar, boys. That's right. my dream. Getting in the playoffs. How much time do you want to give him? Well, it's been, what, two seasons now? Well, I, I think, I think, you know, I don't think now Toronto's totally committed to Bradley, and I think the fact he's still with us and Eltador is I don't think there is much desperate need for him for other teams in the league, right? And so I think if I think if we're talking completely out of our ass and, and just upset 
because trial's not good, um, you know, there would be more want for Bradley. But I, I guarantee you go to any MLS club right now and you say, oh, you have Bradley as your DP. They wouldn't take They wouldn't take him, right? So for the price that I don't know, for that you know, price. the irony is, is I don't know if trial killed Bradley or Bradley killed Toronto, but, it, you know, there's that marriage as, as devalued both situations. So right? one more season, right? Is that what we're saying? I think, it's, I think it's a five-year deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, those deals... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy to, you know. Yeah, I mean, like how many times have Toronto City had a guy on contract and been like, let's yeah. uh, renegotiate? Well, that's, an all, that's an entire sport. Maybe they'll bring Mo back and then he can take care of that. No, I, I, I have to say, I think Bradley uh, is maybe not achieving the goals he wants, but I think maybe in the locker room he's probably quite effect, effective. And, 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 well, he, he did get his uncle uh, hired as a media, his dad. In the media his department. Dad oh, yeah, that's right. right? Like if I'm being, again, this is a lot of. Create rumors or, or predicting the future or something like that. But if I was, if I understand Toronto C, my guess is is if they make the playoffs this year, they'll be happy. Whatever how they yeah. end there, they'll go next year with the whole organization in place. Javinko, Vespachenko, all those guys. And then next year, when Bradley's contract runs out, when Elkhorn's contract runs out, we don't know how long Javinko's contract runs out. I think MLSC will do a whole assessment of this financial splash they put into the team, and I think they'll get close feet. I think they realize they probably lost $20, 30000000 million yeah. in this process, and they'll probably say to themselves, hey, we don't need to spend $30, 40000000 million bucks a year to put a team in Toronto. Does TFC know how to... They have an accountant. They know how to spend money because they've been pissing money away for many, many, many years. It's not like this is new. Yeah. Well, no, you know right? what it is? It's like a, a rich parent throwing kids, throwing money at... And their kids because there's no doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason oh you need 40 mil there you go is Bradley worse Hi. than Frings Hi. is he worse than spending money on a guy like Frings is he worse I mean I, I think a leader like a real leader but wasn't Frings Fringe, what Frings was making 2 million like, yeah just under 2 he was making 1.5 Coverman's I think was making Coverman was making, was making, like, was making one, only a little over 1 yeah you know, so it's not Mr. Made 900. <laughs> <laughs> he played for Real Madrid. You be quiet. All right, all right. The C team. No, no, so oh, oh. So, okay, so here's the question, guys. This is the this is the this is the part of the conversation going around the going around the circle here. Yeah. Who are your all-time Toronto C most overrated player? All right. Well, you, do you, you want to start? Are you gonna start? Aaron, you want, you want me to start? Sure. Okay, so I I was gonna start with Gilberto. Which I thought was a good one, right? Just because of the absurd press conference from Bezpachenko and the way he, he talked the play, way he talked about his players. Like I've never heard of this guy before. <laughs> I've never heard him described like this before. And he was saying he was going to be his, anyways. Uh, but then I thought a little harder and looked through our, our uh, Wikipedia of former yeah, teams, and I think I settled on Alan Stevanovich. <laughs> Why? Oh, well, just because he was like, you know, he came to Toronto and I was like, oh, he's from. Did Lava just get a red card? Yeah. Son of a bitch. That's two Canadian teams. With a defensive midfielder <laughs> getting sent off. A foreigner. Lava's the most overrated player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inter Milan background. Torino. He came in at that season and uh, I think there was a lot of, a lot of hype around him. That he was going to be this, like, he was going to... Yeah, my thing was, is, is, and again, I don't know, maybe I wasn't close to the team, but was that, that was almost a pre-hype period. Like, I think the hype period came in when Klinsman and Winter came into the team, and where they said that we could pay for big names, and those big names will make the, uh, 
difference on the team. Like I don't remember the. I remember the who's Burma, the six-year-old Ethiopian kid. Yeah, he, he I remember him. him getting hyped when he came first onto the team. Um, and that guy disappeared quicker than anything. That was a bad year. But um, like, I think even sooner is when the MLS has gone out to write these press releases for players, hyping them up more than you know, and creating that overvalue or whatever. Did you name a player, or were you, are you going to stick with that? Are you going to uh, go above and beyond? <laughs> well, I think honestly, I think the most overrated selection was bringing Klinsman in to fix the team, and then hiring yeah, Eric good. Winter as the manager. But uh, yeah. players, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? I just, it just blew my mind with what you just said because I was just like, oh my god, how did that even happen? Please continue. <laughs> it blew my mind. Do you want? Hey, do you want me to? I don't think I've ever said that. Do you want me to give you a little? I don't know if I've told any of you guys this little side note. Uh, please do. Side note. So apparently, side, side before note before. So when this was going on, when Klinsman came in, I think it's a public I, I, domain now. Yeah, I knew some. I knew some people at the CSA, and before it was, they sort of hinted that they knew who the coach was going to be. Yeah. And. Uh, it was set, and like they made, described it like it was locked down. And then when Vinter got named as the coach, they were all like, "That guy wasn't supposed to be the coach." Really? Yeah. Yeah. They were like, everyone's shocked. They're like, "What the fuck is that?" Really? I don't know who it was supposed to be, but it wasn't supposed to be him. Wow. And people who were in the know apparently knew who it was going to be, and then they found out it was Aaron Vinter, and they were just like, it was a total curveball. Oh, it was like when the funny thing about Winter I always loved is as soon as they started that season, they tried to play like a four-three-three total football. Right, right. And no oh, player yeah, on the that. team could play it. No, no, it was hilarious. <laughs> remember him? I remember total him saying, failure. "We're going to play total. We're going to play four-three-three. And then I thought to myself, "Have you seen this team play? <laughs> you want to play total football with her Skanovic <laughs> and Yusinov as their fullbacks? <laughs> Have you seen them play?" Sad is, is in five years the whole Toronto FC team will be academy players, which I don't think one of those guys ever made it. Oh my god, oh, that's true too. Oh my Holy god, shit. you need like four hours uh, to talk about the design. Okay, okay, keep moving. We, we, can, we can't right, get go. stuck on these things. I won't, I won't mention anyone else because I think that that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, that does it. yeah. <laughs> ready to keep Jeff going. Cunningham. Oh, just, that's good. Well, just because of that goal line mishap, and, and, <laughs> and he missed it. He was on his ass. And Cur- John Carver and I quote. After the match, TFC coach John Gerber said, I'm thinking, how did he score 99 goals? That's what I thought. <laughs> End quote. So, I mean, you know, you always, and for Cunningham, I always rooted for him. I was like, yeah, yes, he can do it. Today he's going to do it. The guy Today's scores gonna almost 100 goals. You root for that guy. And, that, and it was just a disaster. <laughs> so, yes. Yes, I, that's my pick, Jeff Cunningham. Mine's the Guzman, any day of the week. <laughs> you, th- you can ask me that question 20 years from now, and I'll still tell you that. Why? Because, again, it goes back to the money issue. And Julian, also, why are you answering it twice? Oh, hey! <laughs> Mine is why, blown. Why, why does... He, a, he was never suited for the MLS, period. Just was his physiology, how he thought of the game, how he moved in the game. Everything about it did not work from the get-go. And then... The money didn't help. His kind of aloofness and not really seeming to be a part of the team. I can go on and on. We don't have the time, nor do we have the time. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the other thing I'll say about Julian Guzman. This is what you get when you sign a player off recommendations from a message board. <laughs> the second thing I'll say about that, too, is that was 
when this was when this was apparently like, TFC was courting him for a while. Yeah. And they were trying to sign him, trying to sign him, and I, I worked with a guy whose nephew was like buddies with him. So we were getting this dirt, like this inside track, and essentially like that contract was just like they were going to Julian and Julian blah blah blah, and he just goes, he just flat out said, "Give me an offer I can't refuse." Yeah. And I'll play for you. Yeah, it was it was during oh, the period of the league and stuff like that, where Canada had to define themselves Canadian, and there was a whole bunch of. Yeah, that's you know, true too. That was that whole definition of what it meant to be Canada's team, and that's another thing that's always blew my mind. Okay, we are a Canadian team. We're just, why does it have to be this 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 nationalism behind it? Because I think that's hurt us more than we were the first Canadian well, team. Well, and, I get you know, it. And, and sort of need that. again causing putting full fuel on the fire, but. If I look at the overrated player, I think of Serge. You know, although he's played with the team for three years, the amount of impact he has in the game compared to a guy who everyone believes is an automatic starter and deserves to be the, you know, the the, the team, you yeah. know, the main guy on the team, he hasn't really proven that point that he has become that player. Toronto needs, if they're going to need anything, they need stability and they need a good coach. I've been saying that forever. They need a good coach. They need a coach that's experienced, not a training session for a coach. All right, well, there you go. Well, we, we're going to flip it, though. Okay. Let's flip it. We have our most overrated player, and let's just let's, let's end I think, it. I think next year for Sparks Question, we're going to have the most Segway um, podcast. So <laughs> we'll win number one. Yeah. <laughs> to exit out, if we begin to think of the most underrated player uh, in TFC history, Anyone off the top of your head? I thought I had one and then I, I forgot I, it. I'm on top of my head, I'll take Thorsten Franks. Say, yeah, I would, I would say him. I would also say Frank. Yeah, it's definitely Frank. Uh, you know, especially this situation, not giving him his 100th game. Yeah, that was awful. holding him accountable when, when he left, like it was his fault by Toronto where we yeah. and all of a sudden he goes to Seattle and he's the starting yeah. keeper with Seattle since. And so, uh, it just proves that the organization is so flawed. In so many ways, so many players can go and succeed. Not all of them, but most of them, and vis- visibly too, can succeed elsewhere where they failed in Toronto. I like Sam Crona. I thought he was. I thought he shouldn't have left. I thought he was really good. And he left bitter. Yeah, he didn't want. I don't think he. Well, and then the other one is giving Silva away for free. Yeah, or Plata. Or Plata. 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 scoring goals for real. It's taken him a couple years, but he's really got his foot in the MLS now. He's really. He's a DP. Yeah, he's a DP. And then the other guy I was thinking, but I mean, I can't, it's hard to say that because he was always injured, but I thought Bright DK yeah. was, was pretty well, underrated. The other one, only because he's still playing and he's still significant in NHL, is Man in a Quarry. Yeah. Because right? I thought he was playing. Oh, at least yeah. good enough to be the totally defender with Toronto when he was here. Yeah. And he was the guy who got pushed out. Yeah. For he's no, playing in Fort no Lauderdale now. Yeah. yeah. A lot of players in Fort Lauderdale. He would have probably got his first game of the year by the time people have listened to his podcast at Fort Lauderdale. So yeah, that's a good list. We went through that quickly. Yeah, that was, that was quick. Easy. And you know what? I I honestly feel like uh, what are we sitting here at? Oh, it's about forty minutes. That's a good podcast line. I'm gonna leave it at that. Obviously, we would talk more about the game if we had seen it and hadn't been running around the city. It's always lots of well, topics. Uh, if you want to quickly talk about uh, maybe not going down to ten men early, maybe would have helped TFC really achieve some sense of maybe a victory or a point. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go down. The ten men so early. that early, and I don't think that's necessarily an issue for them. Generally, I mean, them losing players, they're going to. Yeah, they're all so. dirty players, so you know maybe it's an anomaly, and you know they'll play New England and they'll. But in a game up. like this, where it's I think 
Colorado, if you're looking at those first eight games, right. you would have said New York City FC, three points for sure. For sure. Colorado, three points for sure. Right. And yeah, you got one. It's a game they're going to have to make up. Right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So they're going to have to win a hard game in order to like, get that back, to get to this eight points that they've set as a goal for themselves. Right. Um, yeah. Montreal's not going to be easy. Portland's not going to be easy. Nope. New England's next? New England. Interesting. That's always been a, sh- a terrible place for us to play. Yeah. We, we almost never do well there, so it's going to be interesting. Um, so let's leave it at that. Aaron Nielsen, yeah. been on every pod this year. You got a streak going. You got a streak going. Holy shit. Every, as we said, every episode, we know where to get you at Prospect 11. Yeah. A lot of things that are coming up. We still got another state of the game on Designer Players coming up. You yeah. USL preview, NASL preview. Lots of stuff on British Online. Is that a Rosny Brothers? Are you, on, are you on Twitter? I have a Twitter account. I don't remember what it is. No. <laughs> no. All right, moving on. I ain't savvy about it. But yeah. if you want, if you want to get a hold of, you can go to Kabuki Live. Kabuki Live. Go talk, contact me. I should get a new. I don't know. Whatever. No, no I care. This is people treated you. at its greatest. People treated you. One guy. That's okay. He's having dinner with us. (laughs) We're friends now. You're your best friend. I'm walking his dog. What is is Kabuki Live? I didn't see you last time. Kabuki Live? I study Kabuki theater. That's what I did in Japan. So I read a blog. I interview. It's very punk punk rock and DIY. Uh, Do you interview them about soccer? No, 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 I do like theater. Do. We could do. I, I follow the J League quite closely, so we oh, should do. We should do. We should do. Uh, J, you know, we should do J League. That's that's boring TFC game. We'll, we'll segue to a J League. Uh, sure. That would be awesome. Okay, not tonight though. Not tonight. <laughs> so and then of course you know you can get me at Clark R N O or info. Have your say redditionline.ca. If you have questions, you want to do a dear, dear spark. spark. So open your email with a dear spark, and I'll read it on the air. <laughs> I uh, sent you a dear spark uh, text. Yeah. 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 So that doesn't count from you. That's true. It doesn't. It, well, if you're not on the podcast, it does. Or, 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 so or, or, or when you're about to tweet Larson, just put your spark instead. Yeah, right. <laughs> You'll get a much more coherent oh answer. Oh my god. <laughs> so what do you say about next week then, New England? Well, yeah. Well, let's do a premonition. A quick, pre- a quick, quick well, premonition. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm calling him now. Oh my god. I'm like, I feel like I'm like, you know, minority part. TMC, yeah, they, they, TMC will find Dravinko has seven brothers in Italy, bring them all around. <laughs> That's my premonition. I think they'll pull it away. I think they'll You think so? I no. Know. I no. say, I'm going to say a draw. But whenever I say that, if I ever swing so hard, they end up pulling it out. So maybe for the sake of them getting some points, I'm going to say I think they'll get they're going to lose. Say 2-2. Two, two. I think they'll get it together. I think they'll win 2-1. Two, two to I, think, I think New England's been a bit confusing this year as well because they're kind of establishing their starting 11. But, um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be hard to go for Toronto. Yeah. It'd be a difficult game. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but when I read, my predictions don't always come. Might have the listener. The listener. <laughs> listener. The still listener to the podcast. We'll be there next weekend. All right? So we'll leave it at that. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online, from The Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.